Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Everybody, welcome back. Uh, we got a fun episode for you today because it's never boring to come in and talk about AI. What better time than now, right? Uh, listen, our topic today is, we asked the question here, is AI better than human being for QA and contact center agents? And if you don't know what QA is, I bet you can spell it. I promise it's not as scary as it might sound. We're going to go over that today. Uh, but today, uh, from a guest perspective, we've got the CEO of Level AI on. We've got Ashish Nagar. Ashish, welcome to the call, my man. Thank you so much, Josh, for having me. I'm, I'm excited. You, you, I feel like this could be a, you know, we're, we're trying to make this a 30-minute podcast. I feel like you and I could talk about this for four <laughs> hours, but uh, they, they make me keep it down. So I'll, I'll do my best to keep us reined in, but uh, excited to have you on, man. Excited to kick this off. Same here. All right. So I want you to take us back a little bit here. Uh, we want to hear a little bit about your personal background, your unique story, and how you got in this space. Yeah. So it's actually a very interesting, Josh. And thanks again for having me. So I have been working in the space of voice AI and NLP for almost the last 10 years now. So I, I was doing a startup, uh, which is kind of Siri, you know, Siri, uh, um, early version of Siri, which we sold to Amazon, uh, Amazon's Alexa team, and was working as a product leader in Amazon's Alexa team for a few years when Alexa was growing up, was, was growing a lot. And uh, the project which I was working on uh, towards my last assistant at Alexa was making Alexa talk to any human for 20 minutes on any social topic. So imagine mm -hmm. if you walk into a room and you find the, one of those devices there and just like, hey, how was the... How was the NCAA tournament? Like, how's March Madness? And mm -hmm. anything which you can talk to a human being on. And, and how can we make Alexa know about everything, have a free farming conversation, and be engaging and all that stuff. And on that project, I was working with research groups from around the world to make this happen. And then I realized all the challenges which are there in the space to make question answering work better, machines to understand humans, and so on. And then realized that Google, Amazon, Facebook, OpenAI are all working for these mass solutions, right? But nobody's working in the enterprise mm -hmm. to make world-class solutions. And we saw that the technologies which were there before us were all very basic. And, and so that's how I got into the um, enterprise AI space. And what we first started doing, what our first product was actually a bot for frontline workers like nurses, technicians, uh, retail store workers. And when we showed it to all the customers, they were like, can you first apply this in the contact center? That's where <laughs> most of our problems are. That's where we're getting all of these voice calls this and the other thing. And our question was, but don't you have, you know, incumbent solutions there? You know, yeah. I wouldn't want to take names, but, you know, Verent and all these existing solutions there. And they were like, yeah, but they haven't changed in 10 years and they don't, you know, there are many, many problems. And as we dug deeper, we realized an opportunity to build a modern AI stack driven by large language models and some of these underlying technologies, which are getting a lot of attention now, which ChatGPT is based on. That's what we did. That's our journey into customer service. I was, I was an AI guy 
who you know got into customer service over the last four years here. Love it. And, and so, you know, I think there's a lot of partners. Some of our partners that listen to this might be already selling CX. Some of them maybe yeah. are selling cloud and, and thinking about CX. And so right. I want to take us on this journey um, because some of them have grown up with with some of these incumbents, right, that have been around yeah, in yeah. the space for a while. Some have evolved. Some are still evolving. But uh, give us then, all right, you took that knowledge your CEO of Level AI. For anybody that has not heard of Level AI yet, give us kind of the pitch on what your market, what your plan is. Sure. So Level AI is a customer service intelligence platform. And uh, we analyze, automate, and assist in uh, agent and service representative conversations. So what does that manifest in terms of product? So our products in real time and post-conversation help improve agent quality, agent performance. So we have an agent assist product, um, an automated QA and a manual QA product. And we have a deep customer intelligence solution, which mines this customer intelligence for agent and team performance trends, but also product service and business performance trends. So that's why we call it a customer intelligence, customer service intelligence offering, both real-time and post-call. It's only channel. So if you're doing SMS, email, chat, phone calls, Slack, team messaging, we absorb all of that into, into our mix. We are also look at customer feedback you know, on NPS reports and so on thinking of social media as well. So it's one customer service intelligence platform. Um, uh, for, for your listeners who are general IT and, and, and CX folks, one thing I would say, the way we think about the customer service world, there are four pillars in the customer service software stack in our minds. One is the underlying infrastructure, which is the telephony, email, chat enablers, the five nines, the Genesis, the Twilio's of the world. The second is a ticketing solution, a customer, a Salesforce, a SendDesk. A third is an IVA or a bot solution to automate whatever you can automate on the front end. And the fourth is a customer intelligence solution, in our view, like a level AI, which sits on top of all of it. We sit on top of the CRM, telephony, bot. We often get requests for bot QA, for example. So uh, that's our yeah. option. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I love that your real-time QA product is now going to QA bots in addition to humans. <laughs> I love it. I love technology. Uh, it's it's just cool to hear. Out of all of that, it's there's a real-time option. We're finally at a spot with technology right. where that's there, and and just from a bit, you know, my my engineering hat goes one way, and my business hat goes another. I think opportunistically, there's so many things that people can do to make their operations more efficient upsells, you know, better responses. I mean, the, 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 obviously the list is endless. So great, yeah. great stuff there. And, and, and maybe that answers this, what was going to be my next question, but I'll let you state it, uh, your answer to it. What do you see right now? If you look out, maybe you answered it with, you know, you, you thought a lot of the incumbent solutions had this, but what do you think right now is one of the biggest problems in the CX space? So uh, if you, it depends on sort of who we talk to, right? Like, so if you talk to the CEO or the CEO or the VP of the contact center or so on, so, you know, they worry about CSAT, revenue uplift, uh, customer loyalty. And in, for those situations, it's, you know, we think of the biggest brands in the world. We think of Apple, we think of Tesla, we think of Disney. What comes to mind is incredible customer service, you know? So from a leadership perspective, from a boardroom perspective, 
that goal doesn't change, right? That's what everyone's end goal is. But your point about what is the biggest problem with CX, I think there are a couple of things. CX, and this is almost a cliche answer, but I think it's so true. CX is often looked as a cost center, but it's not. It's a revenue center. Because again, incredible customer service leads to great brand loyalty, customer retention, which leads to people buying more and converting more and spreading the word and so on, right? So how can we help CX leaders continue to make it a revenue center, number one? Number two, how can we help CX leaders to take care of their teams better? And 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 one of the biggest problems in CX is churn and agent retention and agent training. That's a complicated problem. It has human resource um, uh, links. It has training links. It has tooling links, technology enablement links. But um, those two things, I would I would say, are in my mind, how do we enable CX leaders to take care of their teams better and support their agents better? and give them data and technology to make it a revenue center, right? And and by better CSAT, better revenue expansion and so on, yeah. Love it, um, that's good stuff. Yeah, you. Uh, I, I'm gonna share this thing because it recently happened to me, the importance of not viewing these agents as a cost center, as more of a brand uplift, a brand share, a brand rebuild. Uh, my wife and I bought a treadmill uh, just a little over two years ago. One of these treadmills that's got it, you know, it's integrated with a 10-inch screen. I can, you know, as I run, it, it, it moves up. You know, I'm, I'm through the hills of Canada and, and all these cool places, right? Um, so come down one morning and see this weird message on the screen of the treadmill. Try to reboot it. Try to factory reset it. And if you've ever done a, uh, if you've ever, you know, hacked your old Android and you've seen that <laughs> message, you know, or when you've seen an old phone, you know when it's bricked and it's just dead. Yeah. And the funny situation with this thing was that even when the screen was dead and, and, and that, that piece of it was dead, you thought, well, fine, okay, maybe I can still use the right. treadmill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Um, it was dead wow, in the really? water. It was, you think of it like fail to close. Oh, so it was, oh, that oh. was even more frustrating. Like, oh my gosh, I can't even use this. So, uh, looked up the warranty. It was about a month or two months outside of the, uh, the two year warranty. And so I'm thinking, geez, we just dropped 1800 bucks on this. How does a software update brick? I don't think I did anything. <laughs> it was a very unique situation where I thought, I feel like I have an angle to complain here. Cause this is, it's a little off the wall. Yeah. Tried, uh, tried calling no support. Tried email, no support. Yeah, uh, went into the, the, the tried to DM them on Twitter. Got an instant response. Worked with them over a 30, 45 day period. The product was backlogged because it was me and thousands of other people that this had happened to, and uh, evolved itself into a class action. But the way they handled it, the way that that brand handled it and got me, all of this was done on Twitter DMs. Uh, the last place I would have thought of, you know, getting support from a company like this. Just that, you, you can't, everything that what you said, you can't underscore the importance of that brand enough. Whereas I was ready to share my bad experience with a lot of people. Yeah. But the way that they handled it, I'm not dissatisfied. Um, I'm yeah, bummed that it cool. died, but I'm, I'm so happy in the way they handled it. Will you buy another product from them? Absolutely. That's it, yeah. you know, that's it. They're gonna launch more. They, and you and your friends will know about it. Like I have one of those machines at home and my friends follow me. I'm like dead last, but still they follow me. <laughs> visible about it, but it's okay. But you know, that's where it comes to customer service is revenue. And, and one of the things is 
you know, better analytics can help with that, right? So if I am the VP of contact center and I can say what, how many Joshes are there, you know, with good um, trust on that data around, you know, software failing and then being in a queue for two days, and right? And yep. can I build a tiger team to address that and train agents on it? So if you trust the data, you can do something about it. You can, you know, build it back into the program. So there's a lot we can do there. Yeah. I love it. Um, let's, let's get back to maybe uh, <laughs> partners like to understand, all right, now that I know where it fits, I know it fits in QA. And so we understand that as an add-on to some existing contact centers. Uh, walk to me, walk me through maybe some differentiators that you have, right? You, I think you, you mentioned a key one of them in the beginning, but I would love for you to kind of restate uh, if there's other products that are out there, what do you feel that some of the differentiators are that you bring to the space? Yeah, so uh, I'll talk about it very simply, Josh. So AI in the contact center is stuck, and I don't mean it in a, uh, I don't mean it like hyperbolically, but it's stuck in the 2000s, if not 2010s. You know, why do I say that? Most of the incumbent solutions, and when you also talk to customers, they say like, oh, do you do transcription? What is your transcription accuracy? Or would you do sentiment and analytics? And we're like, oh yeah, but that is 10 year old technology. We don't even talk about, we do that as base case. It's like, you know, so so what, what, the, what Level AI does is we do the transcription, we do the sentiment, it's all base case, but we can get to true intent, true meaning of why somebody is calling in why there is a why there is a refusal or why there is an escalation right and i'll give you a very simple example someone calls in and says what's the problem with existing systems i want to cancel my account right so in existing speech analytics systems conversational analytics and auto qa systems you have to go in and program every way someone would say cancel my account cancel I want to cancel and so on. And then the speech analytic system recognizes that. That is dumb. That's not machine learning. The problem with that is because someone says, I do not want to cancel my account, just want it paused. You know, this still pick it up as cancel my account because those words were there, right? Yeah. So level AI is fundamentally different. We would tag it accurately. We would say first one was cancellation, the second one was account pausing. So we understand the whole meaning of it. That's a fundamental difference. And and how do we set it up in existing systems? It takes days and sometimes weeks to set it, set that up by giving all the keywords and phrases and every variation of it. In our system, it's a machine learning based system. It takes a less than a minute to set up. You can observe AI performance. You can see the model performance. You can be, you just need a, you know, a middle school degree to set it up. Right? <laughs> yes, I passed. I made it. Right? All right. Good. All right. To set it up. And the results are sometimes 100 times better on data which you can trust for analytics, conversational analytics, for auto QA, for agent assist. It's a fundamental difference on setting up the system and the time it takes. That's one part. So that you can actually trust the data and actually, you know, as a VP, director, QA leader, make, that's one part. The second part is on, so the, we call that detection, you know. The other part is synthesis. We use generative AI, so we had a so we have multiple generative AI solutions, which is kind of what ChatGPT is based on, to do auto summarization of calls, to do auto dispositioning of calls. So the machine just says without any prior feedback from your customer uh, on what is supposed to be the behavior. So we auto disposition, we auto summarize, and the third part is act. 
well, how we differentiate. So now you can act on it with higher quality data, with automation. So if an escalation happens from Josh and I'm the VP of Contact Center, at the end of the day, I want a report of all Josh's out there who reported this particular bug, you know, and were not able to get service, right? Yes. That's for the VP. For the agent, I want to, if there's a compliance issue happening, which the agent did, right away send an alert to the team lead and they are able to come in and make a connect, you know, chime in if needed. So detect, synthesize, act on all three areas. We're sort of leveling up the contact center. Love it. Love it. Awesome explanation. So I would love to jump into a detailed example. So for this part, um, let's talk about, you know, uh, it, it's funny how sometimes that when we get into the deals and we actually talk to the customers, it's so much different than what we were told might have been the problem, right? So yeah. I would love to hear an example from you that you got into. Tell us about it. What was the expectation when you got into it? And ultimately, what did they have and why didn't it work? And, and why did Level a so, uh, AI solve it? You know, that's a great point, uh, Josh. So I'll give you a couple of examples. So one is we, um, this is for this is for a major financial services company where we do auto QA, all their analytics and working on an agent solution, agent success solution as well. So the three specific pain points that didn't work. One was, this was nothing to do with AI. This is like, a, this is stitching together uh, different data sources in the contact center. So they used, they have Salesforce, they have uh, a cloud telephony, I think Amazon. They have a CSAT solution, and the pass provider, and then uh, and they have a screen recording solution. The pass provider, which is a big, uh, which was a big, was one of the bigger players here, could not stitch all the data together into a single view of what's happening with my agent. The screen recording would not work on a certain channel. You know, we could not pull in certain fields. They could not pull in certain fields from SFD Salesforce. So Level AI, one of the key things which we do in addition to the AI, one single source of truth for your entire contact center. We can pull, and we pull in data from all these sources. Easy win for us, but a big win. Small step for us, big step for them. It's yeah. like, we have never seen all together in yeah. one dashboard. I come in the morning, I see everything, number one. Number two, on auto QA and analytics, they were using a, a, a legacy solution. When they set up their speech analytics, I kid you not, Josh, they sent us a CSV file where each tag which they were setting in, let's say account cancellation, customer greeting properly or not, had hundreds of hard-coded scenarios of like, what should you be listening for? What should the machine be listening for? For us, it was like, are you kidding me? This is so, and even then, we set it up through our AI models. Within a few weeks, we were getting 20 to 50x better coverage with a machine learning model. It took a few days to set up. Poor folks were maintaining these libraries of keywords for five years. And they, and they never have to maintain them at all. They don't have to edit them at all going forward. They never have the to edit them at all. That's the machine learning, right? Like machine learning is we learn from past experiences, update it, it synthesizes, and off you go. Yeah. That's what's number two. Number three, voice of the customer. Now they do auto QA, they pull in all this data, but now they're running their VOC program on level AI. What does that mean? Which customers, to your point, like which customers are about to, could be churning? Mm -hmm. Which customers are happy with the current offering? So they use the same conversational intelligence and tagging capability to come up with these views. And without auto summarization, they're able to see, okay, these customers are about to churn. Here is the summary of why they are supposed to, about to churn. 
So, and the product managers are using this data now to be able to say, okay, here's what I need to fix. The, sale, the, the churn data goes to the sales team, the service gap or product gaps goes to the product manager teams. So it's a, that's why it's a customer intelligence system, right? From pulling all the data, setting up better AI for trusting your data and then using it to make real actionable decisions across the enterprise. Um, so in our one-on-ones with them now, we just don't talk to the customer service team. We talk to the product managers as well. Mm-hmm. We talk to their compliance teams as well. We talk to their sales teams as well, which is awesome for us. Yeah. I love that. Uh, those are awesome, awesome examples. That's good. I think so many different scenarios there to imagine what this would solve for people. Uh, okay. So when things like chat GPT come out uh-huh. and, and, and open AI, and then obviously Bard and, and, and all these others that are just going to follow now, um, it seemed to me that I thought we were a little farther off from those things being that effective, that usable, that tunable, I didn't right. expect it yet. So right. I feel like we just woke up and <laughs> all of a sudden the yeah. world is now in a very large potential paradigm shift. And kudos to you for being one of the first people to come to market with a product that works. And yeah. it's it's productized. It seemed like people were going to struggle for a while to say, okay, I have access to the AI, the supercomputers, the models, all the GPUs, everything. But productizing it, uh, I, I just expected it t- to take a little longer. And so curious from your perspective here, do you think we're in the massive paradigm shift right now? I mean, what, what's just, this is totally in your, your own opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you three or four reasons. So the answer is yes, we are. But uh, the two part, yes, we are. But two, it'll take a while for, for, for the enterprise to adopt it, you know. For so, and if you talk to our friends at Five Nine or Genesis or Twilio or Amazon, they will tell you, like, cloud has been around as an obvious choice for the last decade or so, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, and you guys are the experts; you do do this massive transformations, right? But last I checked, cloud penetration in the contact center is around twenty percent, you yeah. know. So, and it's an obvious choice, right? Like, why would you not do cloud and all yeah. of that? Right. So in the enterprise, even if it's an obvious choice, you know, it takes a while. Number yeah. one. Number two, but I do think it's why is it an obvious choice? Um, I do think over the last year or so, if not the last three, I, I think it started three years ago, four years ago, these models have become so much better that they can truly augment human productivity in a significant way, up to 80 to 90 percent. And customer service is definitely the starting point of it. Uh, did not believe it when I was at Alexa, but it, at Alexa the technology was not there there back then. But now it is. And um, and the third thing is, I think the customers are ready. We were in a customer conference two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and I led a panel on generative AI use cases in the contact center, or a, a sort of like a roundtable discussion. And we proposed four or five different use cases. And every customer, no one asks us like, what is it and why would you do that? They were like, yeah, of course, I can do this, I can do that. How about this another one? And we were all reflecting on that. And I think our hypothesis was why that happened. Chat GPT made it so real for everybody to play with it. Yeah. And so anybody from a middle schooler to a VP in the contact center can make a connection on like, what is this technology? Can feel it, use it, and then like dream of some ideas. So the customer mindset is there. The technology is finally there. 
So I think it's going to happen, but it's going to take time. It's this is like it takes. It's a decade long process of transformation here, but uh, kind of like cloud. Yeah. 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 Fair. No, good point. And I think it's it's going to be fun. You know, just like at the beginning of any of these great technology emergence, 9,000 uh, companies try to emerge and say, we're the next greatest X. And then you right. see this eventual condensing and boiling down and you're left with, you know, a, a couple hundred or maybe even less really great companies. So right. uh, love that you guys have already figured this out and you're already in the forefront of doing this um, from a CX perspective. So awesome. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, and, and there is a lot there. So uh, there's a lot there to figure out, uh, Josh. Like there's a whole layer of explainability, observability, and configurability of these systems. I know these sound like big words, but this idea of like, you know, you you if you're a contact center user or customer or even an agent, if an AI is a black box and giving me an output, I don't believe it. So you need to explain it. Yeah. And then I need to be able to observe it. How are you doing it? in the enterprise and then configure it, you know? And how do we make those systems? How do we make products which have those three things built in? That's a big one when we are working on it, but I think there's a lot of work happening there over the next few years, yeah. Good, agree. Uh, final final couple thoughts here. Uh -huh. So uh, your sales tips for our partners. So obviously, yes, uh, they're going to find you at a, at a Tolaris event. They might see you on a panel. They're going to run into you at some point, and they're really going to get immersed in this technology. But I'm curious, uh, your advice for a partner who's maybe in the CX space, but maybe hasn't ventured into this side of it yet, or is just in an adjacent technology, like I mentioned earlier, cloud or security or something like that. What's yeah. your recommendation to go approach a customer, a prospect, maybe a wedge in or maybe a bolt on that kind of thing to start talking about this? Yeah, so uh, two things. One is I would have a very uh, strategic, a very honest conversation with your customer counterparts on do you feel that you have a good pulse on on how your contact center teams are doing, number one, in an, in, at a scalable way? And how your customers are doing in a scalable way, right? Like we were talking to a large telecom company uh, a few months ago and their CEO said, you know, we just had a large uh, holiday promotion. Like you can buy, buy this unlimited data plan instead of for 30 bucks for 20 bucks. And I have no idea how it went. You know, like were my, were my agents pitching it right? What were my customers responding to? Like, like this, like, oh, AT&T has something similar, right? But I don't know. Like, I got a marketing report. Mm. But I, so, my two things I would say is, do you have a good sense of how your team is performing? And do you have a good sense of what your customers are looking for? And if the answer to that is yes, then, you know, how are you doing it? And there's a better way of doing it completely, Right with less setup time, much better data quality, which you can trust. And the answer to that is no, you have to start there because it's kind of a huge point in the transformation for these businesses, for the customer service, for these businesses. You can save costs, you can increase revenue. And from also for our channel partners like you and your and your teams and your, your partners, you know, there is frankly not much changing fundamentally if you move from, one CCAS provider to another. It's telephony, you know? The value add would come from the intelligence from the automation, right? And you can create so much value there. For every $100,000 of CCAS you can sell, 
you can sell up to $50,000 of intelligent software, right? Where there's an opportunity to upgrade and make a ton of money on, right? And you can and and you can show them the pro, you can show them value very quickly. You know, like if a CCAS tool is working, it's working. You know, it's not yeah. much changes, right? So, and it's a huge it's a huge revenue uplift there. Like we estimate, there's about five billion in installed revenue in these intelligence solutions, which needs to be upgraded upgraded to newer solutions with this technology change, right? And then a lot of greenfield, which opens up with this technology change. Awesome. All right, final thought, Ashish. Uh, as we wrap this up, would love your perspective. Look out in the future. Uh, with this changing so fast, we can't look that far out. But let's say you look out 12 months. Uh, what do you see changing in the customer experience. And really what I mean with that is any different strategies, if, if we've given the customer, or sorry, the partners, the strategies to go to market and talk to their prospects in the way you just mentioned, is there anything different you'd advise with that as we look out over the next 12 months? Yeah, I, for sure. I think a couple of things like the, uh, I think the automation rate will increase both at the front end, like the bots will become better. But it'll still like five years out, ten years out. I uh, maybe five years or ten years is hard to see. I don't see the bots taking over. So some things which remain the same, I don't see the bots taking over in a lot of complex things. But I do see automation rate improving. Number two, in terms of what to expect from customers and how your partners talk to customers, they should expect more from these tools. As I said, sentiment and transcription is not good enough. How can you get to real intent? and real meaning of why customers are reaching out in real time and not needing to maintain the tool at all or, or nearly, you know, nearly at all. And thirdly, how can you synthesize and act on it in real time, right? And, and, and configure it in real time. So uh, that should be the expectation of your customers, right? Like I need synthesis, I need action in real time and data which I can trust. And if that's not happening, they're selling you a 10-year-old enchilada, which are five-year-old enchilada. <laughs> <Right>? Nobody <laughs> wants that. <laughs> Nobody wants that, right? Because because that's that's the other challenge, right? And this is something, and I, I'll be very honest with you, like, we realized this, oh, there are long-term deals in this space. People sell software for one year, two years, five years. Yeah. And if a customer in this rapidly changing environment is bought into a tool whose underlying stack doesn't change, Right. And they bought, signed the contract for five years. That's a problem. Yeah. You know, OpenAI launched GPT-3 and GPT-4 four months apart, you know, and you have a five-year contract, AI contract, like that's mm -hmm. a problem, you know? And uh, and so I, I, we love the long contract, but just pick the right partner, right. you know, which is on that technology trajectory. So another thing which we would ask customers and your partner, show technology roadmap, you know, ask the vendors to show their technology roadmap. Not what this looks like next next six months. What did you launch the last last one year? Yeah. Let's start with that. Prove it. Or, prove it. What did you launch the last one year? Let's see. Are you on the path? You know, and if if the answer is like, oh, we launched a new like color dashboard and like <laughs> you know, now this data links to that data, they are not in the AI space. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good way to end it. I love it, uh, Ashish. That's all the questions I got. I, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this with me today. Anytime, Josh. Thanks, buddy. Have really nice talking to you. 
Awesome. All right. I want to give a big thank you to our listeners. Look, the podcast keeps growing. We want to hear your feedback, experiences, comments, other things that you want to hear. So drop us an email, NLBT at Tolera, stands for Next Level Biz Tech. Until next time, I'll take us out. We've got Ashish Nagar, CEO of Level AI. I'm your host, Josh Lepresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Next Level Biz Tech has been a production of Tolera Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.